Welcome to the Beyond the Box Score podcast. This is your host, David Kaplan. In this episode, I interview Coach Tim Sparks. Coach Sparks is the head men's basketball coach of the Apprentice School. Coach, how's it going? It's going well. It's going well. How about yourself? Doing well, thanks. Coach, what's your uh, – you mind giving a brief introduction to the oh, listeners? Oh, no problem. No problem. My, my name is Tim Sparks, and I'm the current uh, head men's basketball coach here in Newport News, Virginia, at a trade school here. It's a four-year trade school called the Apprentice School. Okay. Awesome. Now, now you're from the Virginia Beach area, I sure right? am. I sure am. My, my father was in the Navy for 20 years, and he actually was able to be stationed just right here. We have, we have over seven different naval bases that are within an hour apart, and it's pretty, pretty cool that I – I got a chance to grow up right here in Norfolk and Virginia Beach my, my whole life. What was it like growing up there when you guys like Michael Vick and Allen Iverson are in the prime of their careers? <laughs> it's pretty unbelievable, to be honest with you. I, I'm hearing about them and reading about them like in our local newspaper. And um, obviously back then we didn't have the social media or else if we did, I, I probably would have been begging my parents to like take me to their games. But um with me growing up on the South side in Virginia beach, it's kind of, I didn't get a chance to see um, Allen Iverson play until he was playing. Um, my first time seeing him coach, I saw him, I was only 16 years old and I literally saw him score 78 points in front of me at a summer pro-am game that was after his freshman year at Georgetown. Um, and it was unbelievable. Um, the place was packed. It was at Lake Taylor high school and he was actually playing against Joe Smith. And a, a, a week prior to this game, Joe Smith, that's from Maury High School in Norfolk, he just got drafted number one in the whole NBA out of Maryland. And um, it's basically like Joe Smith and a whole bunch of guys from the south side versus Allen Iverson and a bunch of Peninsula guys um, that when I say both teams had a bunch of Division One players on it, but it was Allen Iverson's team basically versus Joe Smith's team. And – um, it was unbelievable. That was my first time seeing him play in person. And uh, he's one of the fastest guys I've ever seen north and south with the ball. And when after the game got over, they said he had 78. I just was like, oh, my goodness. And he didn't even really make a whole bunch of threes in that game. It was just tons and tons of mid-range shots and layups and dunks. So. Oh, definitely a, a yes, player. <laughs> definitely. So. Now, you graduated from Salem High School. I know they won the state championship in 2001. What were your teams like during your high school career? Um, while I was there, they were actually really, really good. And I actually did not never get a chance to um, to play for my high school team. I wish I could have. I, I had tried out um, when I was younger, but I didn't end up playing when I was later. I just – my father coached me in a local rec team, and I just was kind of excited to – to do my best for my dad playing for a local rec team. But our, our high school teams actually were really, really good. We had guys that still went on to play, uh, get full scholarships, Division II. Um, a guy named Rashad Smith, um, to this day, he's he's actually on one of those old original and one mixtapes. Um, and we had a couple other players that were really, really talented. And um, I remember meeting John Gilchrist, um, coach Cochran was my health and PE teacher. That was our basketball coach. And he had brought John in when John was only like in the seventh grade. And he always had a three on three 
tournament every year in the spring at our school. And that was my first time ever getting a chance to see John. And it was unreal, Coach. John was only in seventh grade, and he had two other kids that were on his, that were on the varsity team at Salem. And they ended up beating everybody on a little three-on-three tournament. And that was my first time seeing it. I said, wow, this young man is really, really good. And so the high school coach was smart enough to – he had been coaching John ever since John was really little in AAU. And he actually coached John's uh, father um, – at Kempsville high school years before. And so he had a long lasting relationship with that whole family, but it was really cool kind of seeing meeting John when he was only in the seventh grade and then just watching him blossom to being one of the top ranked point guards in the country. That's crazy. Now you stayed local. You went to Norfolk state uh, for college. What made you decide to go there and, and were you able to stay involved with that? Yes, sir. I sure was. I, um, I started off, going to um tidewater community college it's just a local junior college in our area and they don't they don't have um a legit like junior college program but they have a club team and i actually was able to play on their club team for two years and that was an awesome experience because i probably was like the only guy on that that didn't play for um their high school team so that was an awesome experience for me um just getting to learn more about the game and getting a chance to compete. And we actually played against like every other, we played against every two year community college in the state of Virginia and um, which there's quite a bit of them. And so we would travel and play and that was an awesome experience for me. And my last year there, um, one of my good friends was actually graduating from Norfolk state. And uh, he said, he said, Tim, what you, you know, are you interested in, and studying health and PE. And I said, yes, I am. That's really, I would love to do that. And, um, and so the, the other thing coach that really was over the top for me was my mom actually graduated from Norfolk state as well, um, with her nursing degree. And so I had already had kind of a connection and, um, my mom was like the first person in our family to ever even get a college degree. So I, um, when I went there, I met all the professors like in the health and PE department and, I said, you know what, I'm going to go there and I'm going to try to try to be a walk on. And so I did that the next year. I went there and I, I loved my whole experience there. I tr- it was about 60 people trying out. And it was actually um, Coach Dwight Freeman, his very first year. He had just came from University of Miami in Florida as an assistant to be the head coach at Norfolk State. And he had, uh, he was up front with everybody at the tryouts. I remember him saying that we might keep one person. And we might not keep any, um, but there was like 60 bodies. And I, I was, um, I was the only white guy out there out of 60 guys. And it was an awesome experience. I really loved it. Um, but they ended up keeping my friend, uh, Larry Vickers, which is really cool. He, he's now the head women's coach there at Norfolk state. And he was the only walk on they kept. And, um, about a week after the tryouts coach, I'm walking in the hallways a lot of the PE classes are actually in the arena um, in Eccles Hall in the basketball arena there at Norfolk State. And one of the assistants s- stopped me and said, hey, what's your name again? And I just reintroduced myself and they said, hey, man, we really enjoyed you. We're glad you tried out. Uh, we're looking for some guys to be like a student manager. Um, would you be interested in doing that? And I said, I would I would love to. Like, that's what I want to do. I knew then I really wanted to coach basketball. And so I got a chance to travel with the Norfolk State men's basketball team for three years. Um, and that was an unbelievable experience. I, I never 
had ever experienced the business side of things. I, I remember we went and played University of Pittsburgh and um, they had Brandon Knight's younger brother and they were, they were loaded coach. They were, they were preseason number four in the country. And, um, and we got there and I saw the, like the associate AD met our head coach there at the airport. And I saw him hand him an envelope and like, you know, I'm, it just was interesting. I never knew. Then I asked one of the assistant coach, I'm like, he was telling me about how we got, it was a paid game and uh, a guaranteed game for Norfolk. And I never even knew about that whole business side of the college basketball until then. And, um, and we, we ended up getting blown out pretty good at, at, there that, at Norfolk state. So, but um, when I, we were at university of Pittsburgh, but it was just, I learned a lot in those three years being a student manager and just grinding and, washing all their uniforms and putting the uniforms up and wiping the floor before every practice. And um, there was a lot of practices where they would ask me to film the practice. Um, and it was just awesome. There would be sometimes where a guy had to be at practice, uh, had to go to tutoring or was hurt. And they actually asked me if I wanted to jump into some of the drills. And, and so that was just, it was an awesome experience while I was able to be a student manager there at Norfolk state. That's awesome. You know, after college, how did you uh, get into actually, you know, the coaching side of it, whether it be high school or yeah, I first started you. with uh, high school, actually, when I was I um, as soon as I graduated, I was looking for a health and PE job and in the, our area, just it was hard to find one, actually. And so I ended up um, being able to get what they call like a permanent substitute job where. I, I was just reporting to this alternative high school here in Virginia beach, where if the students got kicked out of their regular school, this was like their second chance. And, um, there was, there were no sports teams or anything like that. The, the kids had uniforms. Um, they had to go through metal detectors and it was actually a pretty interesting, um, environment in there. And, um, and while I was working there as a substitute, one of the teachers came up to me and we were just, you know, making, um, light conversation. And he was telling me that his best friend had just became the, the head coach at green run high school in Virginia beach. And he was really looking for some people to help him. And so he actually connected me with the coach, Danny herb, um, that had been there as an assistant, um, uh, under the former head coach, but, the, uh, which was coach Ed young and Ed young is a really, I don't know if you know coach young, but he's a, he's a local legend in this area. He's, currently the head coach at Nansman's uh, river high school over in Suffolk, but he, um, he had green run to go to Nansman river, but my friend Danny herb took over and, and that was awesome coach. I, I was there for, um, I coached there for two years and got a chance to coach an unbelievably uh, amount of young men that ended up being able to go play basketball at the next level. Like, um, to be honest with you, arguably one of the most talented guys I ever got a chance to coach. His name is BJ Jenkins. And I got the chance to coach BJ, um, his sophomore, I mean, his uh, junior and senior year there at Green Run. And uh, he ended up having an unbelievable career at Murray State and was a starting point guard there for two years and played overseas for many, many years, played in the D League. And, um, but BJ, I still keep in touch with him to this day. And he's just, uh, that was an awesome experience for me because after the first year I was there as an assistant on JV and an assistant on varsity, 
the my coach Herb asked me to be the head coach of the junior varsity team. Um, and so that was just, it was an unbelievable experience. Um, while I was there, I got a chance to coach guys that ended up getting division one scholarships to play football at Virginia tech. And then, like I said, we had a lot of guys end up going junior college and division two, um, and all, a lot of different levels they, they went and played. And so that's kind of how I got into there. And then after I was there coach for two years at green run, I ended up, um, my old health and PE teacher, Coach Cochran at Salem High School, he had reached out to me and told me that that they had an opening at Salem High School, which was where I graduated from. And I just was real excited. I almost, I, I, I didn't want to say no. Um, he is one of the most local legend coaches in this area. He coached for over 40 years in just the Virginia Beach district and won over 600 games. Um, and he just one of the best teachers of the game I've ever been around still to this day. And um, I got an opportunity to coach with him for a year. And uh, that was really a lot of fun. We almost won the beach district championship that year. I, I did get a chance to coach the beach district player of the year, uh, a young man named Richard Barbie that ended up getting a full scholarship to Belmont Abbey and finished the number three of, of all time leading scorer there and had a tryout with the Charlotte Bobcats. And um, it just was really awesome that I got a chance to, BJ Jenkins was the beach district player of the year, the, the year before that. So I got a chance to be around the guy that was the player of the year for both um, for the, those last two years I was there at high school. And, um, and then coach Cochran really encouraged me. He said, you know, Tim, if you want to coach at the next level, you have to have your master's degree. I know you just graduated and I know you're excited about teaching, but if you want to coach at the next level, um, it's either you're a former NBA player, which you're not, or you get a master's degree. And so when he told me that, I just started exploring like all over the place, like on the NCAA website. I was um, all over the, the Internet trying to look for jobs. And the NCAA when I, is where I saw like 20 different graduate assistant jobs. And um, coach, I ended up applying to all of those and. They were all over the country, um, and uh, it's a beautiful Division three school in Vermont called Castleton, um, and Coach Shipley ended up calling me right away and interviewed me over the phone, and then like two weeks later, he wanted me to come up there in person. I was getting ready to come, and then he, he just basically said, hey, can I interview you, give you a second interview over the phone, and um, as soon as that interview got over, Coach, he, he ended up offering me a grad assistant job at Castleton, and the rest is history. I, I ended up going up to Vermont from 2008 to 2010, and I was able to get my master's degree in education there. Um, and what an experience there. I mean, it was just, I had never been to Vermont. I had really never been up to the Northeast part of the United States at that point. And um, he had given me an opportunity to, to basically do all the recruiting. And he was sending me to New York City um, for like a weekend to recruit. He was sending me to Boston another weekend to recruit. And I, it was just unbelievable how much I learned in that short amount of time I was there. Um, my first year there, Coach, we ended up going 2-23. and 23, And um, he actually was the head baseball coach and the head basketball coach at Castleton for many years before I had gotten there. And um, But because we had done so poorly my first year there, um, he the AD asked him to step down. 
and uh, just focus on being the baseball coach only. And he's still the head baseball coach there now. And But they ended up hiring a guy named uh, Coach Paul Copo. Um, and Co- Coach Copo had came um, from a Division three school um, in New York to come to Vermont and uh, to come to Castleton. And, and that was just interesting, having a, the AD basically told him, hey, listen, there's this guy named Tim Sparks that is a great guy that you're going to have to inherit. Um, he only has one more year here as a GA. And and um, that made it for an interesting dynamic between Coach Copal and I right away because, you know, you usually get to hire your own staff. And um, and he just said he was told that he had to keep me. And so um, Coach Copo, man, he asked a lot of me. And it was a lot different relationship than me and coach Shipley and the fact is just that coach Copa was a grinder like he just he told me I, I was I every night um I had to get in contact with at least 20 kids every night in the office and he told me if I leave a voicemail that that doesn't count like I had to literally like talk to a kid on the phone um and so that really it helped me have a lot more thicker skin and he helped me become a better recruiter and a better basketball coach. And, um, and coach, it was awesome. We ended up, we ended up, um, making it to the, the NAC conference championship game. My last year there, we literally went from being the last place my first year to all the guys that, um, I was able to recruit there. And then the guys that coach Copa recruited as well. Uh, we were able to go to the conference championship game. Um, and we lost to, uh, Husson, um, I'm sorry, we lost to Maine Farmington that year in the conference championship. And then the very following year after I left, Castleton won the whole conference championship. So it was really awesome seeing that and just seeing how so many things changed for the better while I was up there. No, it definitely sounds like you were a big part of that turnaround, you know, to get to rewind or you talk about bj jenkins I, I was chuckling over here because when i was at high point i remember him playing for liberty yes. his freshman year and we had a girl i was friends with uh selena clark and she went to the same high school as him and i remember her cheering for him and sitting in the high point like student section and i'm giving her hell like what the <laughs> hell are you doing you're, you're cheering for the other team like what but he was that good of a player, and she's like, oh, he's the nice exactly. guy. Exactly. That's so funny. I remember her, too, because she's really nice. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Great. Yeah, he, he did really good uh, there. He he was in a tough bind there because um, the guy that hired him, I mean, the guy that brought him on got let go after BJ was only a freshman. And then the uh, Richie McKay comes in, and Richie liked BJ, but at the end of the day, it wasn't long after he was there that he pretty much got like a verbal commitment from Seth Curry. And so it's like he per- he was real honest with BJ. And I think BJ appreciates that to this day. But he told BJ that, hey, listen, as a sophomore, you are going to be my guy. But when you come back for your junior year, you're going to come off the bench behind this young man named Seth Curry. And um, when BJ heard that, he kind of he, – he as a young guy, he wasn't – you know, he – he wanted to be that starter wherever he was, and he wanted to be the kind of the guy. And so he ended up just saying, okay, well, I'm going to put my name in the transport portal. And then lo and behold, um, he calls me and says, coach, I'm going to go to Murray State in Kentucky. And I didn't really know a whole lot about Murray State's program at that time, to be honest with you. But 
they um I know why he was there. They ended up winning the OVC conference championship and he got a chance to go to the national tournament and um it was just was unbelievable experience. And then looking back at it, it's interesting too, because Coach McKay wasn't wrong for saying what he told him, Coach, because that was the only time Liberty University's ever been on ESPN as much as they've ever been. It was when Seth Curry was there. I mean, he was just was averaging over like 20-something points every single game as a freshman. Yeah, yes. uh, he was phenomenal there. You know, Virginia Wesleyan hires you in 2012, and you spent two years on staff there. How did you land that job, and who were the other coaches yes. on staff? Well, Coach Macedo, I, I'm forever grateful for him. I um, You know, he is from uh, Massachusetts, and so he's a New England guy. And so it's kind of interesting, Coach. Before that, I was a full-time assistant at Lewisburg Junior College in North Carolina, and I got that job right after graduating from Castleton. Well, we ended up going 32-3, and three, and I was – you know, the salary there is not very much and I was able to survive doing it. Um, but after that year, one of my good friends that I graduated from Norfolk state with coach Harris, uh, he's the head coach of green run now actually. And he, he calls me and says, Hey, Tim, I don't know if you're interested. I know you're, you're loving it where you're at. He said, but we got a full-time health and PE job up here in Virginia beach at Renaissance Academy at the alternative school where I'm at. And, uh, you know, it would start at like 38,000. And I'm like, okay, now, coach, I was like, well, do, I, do I keep do I keep just grinding here as an assistant in the JUCO thing and work up the ladder? Or do I just, do I jump in and and do my profession, what I went to college for to teach health to pee? And, and I'm going to make more than twice what I'm making. And so, and I'll be back home in my own city. So, I ended up, it was a real hard decision because Coach Vanderslice was awesome to me the whole time I was at Lewisburg, but I ended up just coming back home to Virginia Beach. And um, that year, I actually was not even going to coach. I was just going to try to focus on teaching, but I had such an itch and I missed it so bad that once it got to around like September time, I went over to Virginia Wesleyan and I asked Coach Macedo, hey, would you mind if I if I um, watched a practice and he goes, man, I remember you. Didn't you, didn't you coach in Vermont at something? And I, and he, he showed me my business card that he had had my business card still on his desk. Cause he, he remembered, he <laughs> thought it was funny that he was a guy from Massachusetts that has spent so much of his life now in Virginia beach. And he remembered that I was a beach guy that went up all the way up to Vermont. And so um, he said, Tim, I'd love for you to come and watch a practice. So while I was there coach, it was, um, it was unbelievable. They were Virginia Wesleyan was preseason number one in the country for division three basketball in 2012. And um, the coaches at the time was the full-time assistant was Dewan Tucker, which he was a part of the national championship team when they won the whole thing in 2005. And um, Dewan Tucker was an unbelievable recruiter. He was an unbelievable coach. Um, he could actually still get out there and compete. And like, when I say compete, I mean, he could, he could still score and defend in, but then in 2012. And so um, next thing you know, I ended up – I said, you mind if I come back again? And so I came back to another practice. And then, lo and behold, I asked Coach Macedo, would is there any way I could be like a volunteer on staff? And, um, and he said, Tim, it's unbelievable that you're asking me this at this time. He said, my volunteer actually just told me 
yesterday that he's having to step down um, because he's getting married and he just needs to focus on family. And he said, I'm actually looking for somebody that would be willing to volunteer. And so that's kind of how it happened, Coach. I was volunteering. And the crazy thing is I literally was volunteering only for um, two months when at the time they had Dewan Tucker was an, a full-time assistant. And then Coach Ben Moore, which he's, he passed away a couple years ago, but Coach Ben Moore was the other part-time assistant. And then I was going to be a volunteer as the third guy. And so Dewan Tucker ends up like – it was in October, um, right in the heart of the preseason. He ended up telling Coach Macedo, hey, I'm sorry, but I have to go back up home, up home to Northern Virginia. And he ended up um, having to step down at kind of a crazy time. And I know that the full-time job, uh, Coach, it ended up going on hoop dirt. I never forget Coach Macedo calling me one night at like 9.30 at night, and he said, Tim, I got over 200 applicants, and this is just overwhelming. <laughs> you have done a hell of a job here so far since you've been here, and is there any way you would step down from your full-time teaching job and be over here with me full-time? And he said, he asked me how much I got paid. Uh, then he, he knew that it was going to be a pay cut, that he couldn't match what I was getting paid as a teacher. And, um, and I, I told him, I said, Coach, if you offer me that job, I, I, will res I would ask to resign from my teaching job in a heartbeat um, to be able to be over here full time. I mean, Coach, they were loaded. They, they had, they had All-American DJ Woodmore there. They, they were, like I said, they were preseason number one in the country. And so it was just kind of being there at the right time, at the right place. And I was just – I'm forever grateful for that Coach Macedo offered me that full-time job because he had a lot more – he had a lot of applicants that um, that were more qualified than me at that time. And so I ended up going back to my principal and I talked to the principal and it was unbelievable. The lady ends up st standing up after I talked to her about, can I resign and looks at me in the eye and goes, Tim, I know you have a passion for coaching. You had already done that before I hired you here. She gives me a hug and she said, Tim, I wish you the best. Please stay in touch with me. And I'm just like, wow. Like, so that was overwhelming too. Like I, I had her blessing and, and then I was there for two years and, um, I learned a lot there, coach. I, coach Macedo is, is the best X and O coach and the best, um, just motivating basketball coach I've ever been around. Um, he gets the most out of his guys. His, his winning percentage is unbelievable. He's one of the winningest basketball coaches in the state of Virginia at, at any level, um, at any level. My, my two years I was with him, Coach, not only did we win an ODAC championship, but we always scrimmaged um, like two Division II schools every year. And, Coach, we, our, our guys would, we would beat those schools. Um, we're beating scholarship-level teams in a preseason in an in exhibit, like in a scrimmage, and we're we're an NCAA Division three school in the ODAC, and it just it was it's still unbelievable to me the the way he runs that program and how he's able to just attract really high level talented players year in and year out, and he just he's just got not only did they win the national championship in 05, but then they went back to the national championship and was runner up in 06 and. Um, the guy that was the player of the year there, coach, I don't know if you've ever got to meet him, but 
he's a good friend of mine named Brandon Adair, and um, and now he's a referee, referee yep. which is outstanding. And then, like I told you, when I was there, uh, DJ Woodmore was there, and he DJ is still playing overseas professionally to this day. Wow, and yeah, I knew you guys had guys yes. like Trey Ford who were a big part yes. of success. So, um, you know, doing the research for this interview, I, I chuckled. So I was actually at the Final Four game at Mary Washington in 2014 when Corey Moore dropped yes. 30 as a freshman. <laughs> who who is the best player you coach at Virginia Wesleyan? Uh, D. I'd have to say DJ. Uh, Corey. DJ. Corey, okay. I was in. I was actually an integral part of recruiting Corey. Um, Corey's high school coach, Tony Bentley, he, he and coach Macedo have, they go way back. They have a really long lasting relationship before I ever started coaching. Um, coach Bentley is the one that actually told coach Macedo about Trey Ford. He didn't even coach Trey, but Trey was in the same, uh, same league. And he told coach Macedo, Hey, listen, there's a point guard up here. That's not getting looked at by anybody. And this kid's small, but he's tough as nails. And so next thing you know, he um, he comes down on a visit, and he loves Virginia Wesley. I mean, he Trey didn't even really get recruited by many guys, and he ends up being an all-ODAC guy for, for Coach Macedo. And so they, they've had a long-lasting relationship. And um, Coach Macedo and I already knew that Corey Moore was definitely – a scholarship level guy and that I mean he could just score in volumes like really make it look easy but um if I had to say overall coach it's it's hard to go against DJ I, what you saw what what DJ did in the games um he did every day in practice like when when we would do shooting drills it would almost be fun and laugh sometimes that when we would do we, you know we would compete and say how many can you make in a row and 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 I remember times where DJ's making over twenty threes in a row, and I'm I'm not talking about stationary shots. I'm talking about we're actually doing like like some type of in and out crossover, step back, pull up, and he and he's knocking down like twenty in a row, and it just his, his work ethic was unbelievable. Like he just he had a confidence that it didn't matter who he was playing against that he knew Coach Macedo believed in him and that he was gonna. He was going to be that guy that that we wanted to get to to run a lot of plays for and run him off of screens and um, and that he just he just was an unbelievable scorer and super athletic and the, and DJ could play defense too and so he he wasn't he he wasn't he would never back down from guarding one of the better players on the other team as well but that's a tough question to answer because I did. I got an opportunity to coach a lot of a lot of studs there in my two years I was at Virginia Wesleyan. No doubt. Now, I believe timeline wise, Princess Anne names you the head coach of their boys varsity team. Following they your did. Time that at, was the uh, only Virginia reason Wesleyan. I left, Coach. I, I was in a situation where I um I felt like I was in a life changing season of my life where I felt like. I was I was kind of wanting to focus more on getting married and and ha- potentially having children and I just thought that going to being a high school teacher and a high school head coach was going to be a better fit for me um, at that time and that was the only reason that was the only reason I stepped down from there and at the time a lot of people a lot of my close friends told me they thought I was crazy because 
they're like they knew that the talent level that was coming back to Virginia Wesleyan the next year and they just and they also knew the lack of talent that was there at the boys side at Princess Anne which ironically while I was there I got a chance to coach a young man named Greg Montgomery I don't know if you remember Greg but Greg was a Princess Anne graduate and um and I got to coach him at at Virginia Wesleyan and he was a starter for us but he um Brandon Adair was also a Princess Anne graduate and Coach, when I took that job in 2014, Princess Anne had not had a winning season since Brandon Adair had played in like 2000 and 2002, I believe. So that's how long they had not, you know, I took a job that I knew that was going to be a job that there was a lot of, that was, they didn't have expectations of me coming in and winning, winning the city championship right away because they hadn't even, they hadn't even had a winning season for for like 12 years in a row looking back on it how do you think you did as you know your first head coaching um uh, that's a great question i i'm pretty hard on myself so i know that i could have been more organized um i know there's things that i could have done better um but i i do take a lot of pride in the fact that i um I tried to make it – I tried to really stress academics. They they had some athletes there, uh, Coach, but they just – by the time these young men were, like, in the 10th and 11th grade, they weren't even eligible, you know, academically to, to participate in sports because their grades were so poor. And so they're walking the hallways. They're 6'4", six, 6'5", six, athletic as all get out, but their grades were not good. So, like, that, that was that was the focus number one. And, like um, – I'm really, really grateful that I had the opportunity to have some people um, donate some things to me as far as like brand new shoes and brand new LeBron James book bags. And, and I ended up using those as an incentive. I told the, all the kids um, that were trying out for the team, not even that were on the team before we had, when we had tryouts, I told them whoever, you know, and when I get your, your, um, when I get your, your progress report grades, whoever, whoever has the best grades, the top 10 people, you're going to get a free pair of shoes and you're going to get a free book bag. And um, coach, that, it was so monumental. Like I, it was a pivotal change in the program. Like I had kids that their parents were coming up to me, just crying, thanking me because they said that their son had just been okay with getting C's for years until then. And then by, they, they ended up getting all A's for that first uh, progress report of the school year because they wanted a free pair of basketball shoes and a LeBron James book bag. And so um, it was unbelievable, Coach. My first year there, we ended up being able to win um, seven games, which I think was more than I even expected to be able to win. I, we, we went seven and 14. Um, and then the following year, uh, my last year there, we actually flipped that, and we went 14 and seven. And um, – it's just unreal. I, I, Coach, I ended up having three players on that team while at my time there that all ended up getting Division One offered. Um, so while I was there at Princess Anne. So that was unbelievable to go to a school that didn't really have – hadn't been winning in a long time to next thing you know, we had a winning season my second year there. Um, and not only that, but then I had guys – 
I had coaches coming in the gym all the time that were looking at my, at my top players. Um, I had a young man named Timmy Montgomery that was only a freshman for me that you may have seen play. Timmy's out um, in Colorado right now at a division one junior college out there right now. And uh, my most impact guy was a kid named Michael Barfield Owens um, that ended up after my year, when I resigned, he, every, every private school in the area was begging him to come. And he ended up going to Bishop Sullivan Catholic high school in Virginia beach. And he ended up averaging a double, double there for his senior year too. And, he ended up going to a division one junior college out in Kansas. Um, and, but out of high school, he had offers from Norfolk state university, Virginia state, uh, West Virginia, Wesleyan. He had a lot of offers. And then I had a young man there named Brandon Porter, um, that Brandon, the last two years has played at Wyoming university of Wyoming. Um, and he's six, eight. And it just was amazing coach. I, how that I just, I, I, I ate, slept and breathed in that gym. Like I made sure that those kids knew if they ever wanted to get in the gym while I was there at Princess Anne, that the gym would be open and available for them. And so it, it really, it really helped me. I ended up, the guys ended up buying in and the kids got more and more talented. And some of my kids started growing and growing to where they ended up being six, six and six, eight. And, um, but when I first met them, they were not that tall. So, but, um, but I'm really thankful. God really helped me um, change that that program around. I, I I really put my heart and soul into that into that program. My two years I was there. How difficult was it for you to step down? I know you ended up taking an assistant job, but you know, talk about what led to that decision. Uh, well, the main thing is I ended up I ended up getting engaged, and um, and I was getting married to my wife. That's my wife now, and I. Um, the truth of it is that I would have stayed at Princess Anne, but Princess Anne was in a situation that after my second year there, the principal um, brought me in the office and told me that my full-time teaching job was going to go down to being a part-time teaching job. And when I found that out, that was right. That, that was only months before I was getting ready to get married coach. And so when I heard that, I was like, man, there's no way. Like, how am I going to balance? I, I have to find a full-time teaching job um, to be able to balance out the money that I need for for my family, for my wife and I with the coaching thing. So the next thing you know, I just started looking online for, for health and PE teaching jobs in the area. And the, the first one that I saw was actually, um, of all people, it wasn't even me that saw it. It was my mom. My mom found it online and said um, – Tim, do you, have you ever heard of Lafayette High School in Williamsburg? And I said, yeah, I've heard of it. And she said, they're looking for a health and PE teacher. So I ended up applying for that coach. And literally the same day I had the interview, they offered me the job. And so once I heard that, I told my fiance, I said, hey, listen, I know you were going to come here to Virginia Beach because she actually lives. She grew up on the peninsula here in Newport News. And so she was going to move to my side. But then once I found out about that job and I got offered the job at Lafayette as a PE teacher, I, I told her, I said, hey, listen, we'll just get an apartment on that side of the water where you're from. So you'll be close to your family and I'll just drive every day from, you know, from Newport News to to Williamsburg, which is not a bad drive. I still do that to this day. Actually, it's a, it's about a 30, 35 minute drive um, each way. OK, you know, do you think that experience as a head coach made you a better assistant? 
Oh, for sure. Yes. There's no doubt. It's, it's interesting coach. I always was told like, it's just it's how different things can be just being moved over with just from one seat. And, um, but once you are in that seat, it's just so different when you know that what all of your players are doing, what all your assistant coaches are doing, everything falls back on you. Everything is a representation of you. Like it's not just about the wins and losses, but it's just about the program as a whole. If, if some kid's going to get in trouble, then they're going to be labeled. They're, they're, you know, they're one of Tim Sparks' players. Um, and so it, 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 it brings, it brings a lot different um, level of responsibility and um, definitely, it definitely makes it more heavy on your mind um, every day about your program and all your players and everything compared to when you're, when you're an assistant, I, you're really trying to help your the head coach's job to be as easy as possible, but it's just a big difference between um, between both of those chairs. Even for me on the high school level, and then even um, even on this college level, it, it, that same thing has happened to me. You know, Evan Key hires you to be his assistant coach at the Apprentice School in 2017. Did you guys have a prior relationship, or you know, how, how did that? Uh, materialize yeah i i know that you're really good friends with coach key and he uh, i i'm forever grateful for him he um i'm still so thankful i coach i was at at lafayette i was i was content being an assistant coach there and a teacher and the next thing you know um the athletic director of the apprentice school michael allen calls me and he says hey tim you know i i, I um I just was wanting to reach out to you. I wanted to let you know I just hired a new head coach here, and he's not from here, but he did go to college in this area, and he also coached at Christopher Newport, and, you know, and he coached at Marymount and blah, blah, blah. And when he said his name, I remember meeting Coach Key, actually, because when I was at Virginia Wesleyan, he was at Marymount, and we were both actually at a lot of Nansman River High School games trying to recruit this young man named Ed Drew. Um, and so – I, I I met I talked to Coach Key multiple times. I remember just in passing while we were both trying to recruit the same same guys from Nansman River that year, and it wasn't they, they had multiple guys on their team that were that could play at the next level. So, but I um but we never were really close friends. I just I had just met them really in passing, and so but Coach Allen asked me if I would be interested, and I told him for sure. So then the next thing you know, it was only the next day. Uh, Coach Evan Key calls me on the phone and says, hey, Tim, you know, I'm looking for an assistant coach that has connections in this area. And, you know, would you be interested? And I'm like, heck, yeah, I would be interested because I was already teaching and I'm actually still teaching health and PE now um, during the daytime in Williamsburg. But the um, now I'm at a, a, a middle school up in Williamsburg called Hornsby Middle School. And so but the. Uh, he gave me an opportunity to be able to coach back at the college level, which I had missed like unbelievably. And he was so much, it was, it was so awesome to work with him and we knew what we were going up against and that the, the apprentice program hadn't been winning um, for the, the, the few years before he had got the job. And so um, I was just so excited. We, we hit the ground running together and, we were recruiting all the time. We were talking to each other on the phone every day. We're talking in person every day. 
Um, and so I'm just so grateful for coach key. Like it was, it was outstanding. Um, I honestly really miss working with him every day within the basketball realm of things. Like I, I love, I, I, it's amazing. I, I think it's awesome that he got uh, promoted um, and that he's doing an awesome job as a, as, a, as the um, associate athletic director. But I, I miss working with him in the day in day out operations. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, when I interviewed him on the podcast, you know, he told me about uh, what a day in the life of a student athlete at, uh, you know, the apprentice school was. So, you know, I, I wonder what would, what was it like coaching with him as far as, you know, coaching philosophies. And then once you took over, how much of what uh, he did, did you incorporate or, you know, talk about that. Yeah, I think that he and I actually had almost our coaching philosophies, to be honest with you, are almost too much the same that I think it's actually a benefit sometimes to have coaches on your staff that have different philosophies. So I don't know if that makes sense, but it, it can it actually helps challenge you as the coach to kind of decide more about what you know, what's most important in planning for this next practice or, or um, maybe doing different schemes offensively and defensively. But Coach Key and I were almost, I mean, we were so much alike on the philosophy side. It all, it used to just amaze me. I'm like, I'm he would say something he wanted to do. And I'm like, coach, that's the same thing. Like, like I know at times he probably was scratching his head saying, man, is this guy Tim just going along with everything I'm saying? But it really wasn't like that. Like, I really was thinking the same thing on the same page with him. And um, and then you, as far as when things switched over, there's no doubt. I, I did the exact same drills. Like, I, I wanted things to – like, there, the guy saw a different person being the head coach and maybe doing the talking, but I wanted the guys to still have that familiarity of a lot of the same – a lot of the same uh, practice warm up and the same type of drills that we do. Um, I didn't, I didn't really change. I didn't want to change them. Um, the only thing I did from a defensive standpoint was we, we did, we did, uh, we did press and we did do a little bit more trapping um, schemes this past year compared to my two years with coach key. I, not that he didn't want to do it. I think that, I think it was more about a personnel thing about, at that time, we just didn't have the, we just didn't have the the right guys. If that makes sense to really do those things, but this past year we had the guards and we had the bodies to actually be able to do more trapping and do more full court pressing. And um, and then my assistant coaches, they they were tremendous in helping me too. Like I had a guy, Coach Gio Lasore. He had played college basketball at St. Paul's College in Virginia, and he was an all-time – he was a 1,000-point scorer in high school at Hampton High School. And then I was also able to hire um, a guy, Coach Ali Brown, that played for Coach Macedo. He had actually graduated the year before I got the job uh, – before I became an assistant at Virginia Wesleyan. So I didn't really get to know him that much, but I got to know him a little bit when he would come back. He would always come back around. Um, that's one thing that's special about Virginia Wesleyan is – their alumni constantly, constantly show up to their home games and are constantly coming to watch their practices. And they really try to continue that bond and that relationship between the, you know, the older players and the new players. And, um, and so, but I was real thankful. Coach Ali Brown is six foot seven. And that was awesome for me because while I was there with Coach Key, I, 
he asked me to kind of be the post coach, the guy that focused with the post players. So I was real thankful to be able to hire somebody that was a, uh, was a starter for Virginia Wesleyan and what won an ODAC championship. That was a true post player. Um, and I was able to hire him. That was like a home run hire for me to be able to get him and his offensive mind is just unbelievable. Coach Kaplan, like he, he can, he's, I feel like sometimes when he goes to bed and I think he's just dreaming of different X and O's and he's really, really good at it. And he, he brings a lot to the table for me and helping um, when we're doing our offensive stuff. So, and then this past year, I also was able to have a volunteer coach, Alex white. um, And he did a great job for me too. And he's actually went on to now he's an assistant with uh, coach Chris Moore at Tom Nelson uh, community college. And then, I also was able to inherit um, an assistant that was an assistant with me with Coach Key named Michael Ganey. And Coach Ganey is an unbelievable asset here because he actually played basketball here for four years. He's from Rocky Mountain. He's six foot six. He's like a he's a scholarship level pl- player right out of high school. And uh, his mom and dad to this day are still the head uh, boys and girls varsity coaches at Rocky Mount Senior High in North Carolina. So. He's, he's been, you know, he's a coach's kid from the time he was born until now. And Coach Ganey is unbelievable at doing a lot of skill development stuff with my guys. Like, he can really do it professionally. Like, he's so good, like, at, um, at doing skill development. And so I'm real thankful that I have that, the you know, the staff was able to kind of come together and mesh this past year that to really, really help me a lot. Um, and so – we were able to win the conference tournament this year as my first year as a head coach, which was awesome and was a big testament to um, my three seniors. I only had three seniors, and one of them coaches a six foot three, uh, undersized five man. He was my five man named Drew Walton, and Drew Walton ended up being a USCAA uh, Division One All American as a junior under Coach Key. And then this past year, he was a um, he he ended up getting the first team. All-American Ward again. Um, but he was only 6'3", coach, and he, he averaged like 18 and 10 every game. And so he's just an unbelievable junkyard dog type of guy that didn't matter how big the opponents were, he was going to get the rebound and he was going to be able to finish at the rim. And he used to he used to um, take almost – he almost averaged two charges a game that he would he would sacrifice his body and, and draw two charges a game too. So it's just, I, uh, we're going to miss him a lot for this coming season, but him and a young man, Sam Morris and Brandon Joyner, those were our three seniors. And, um, they just did an unbelievable job and really, you know, I kept challenging those guys that I wanted, I wanted their senior year to be the best year of their four year experience here at the apprentice school. And, and it ended up, and ended up, and it ended up being that way because they, they wanted it and they, they helped keep the other players accountable. So, you know, you talk about your first season, you guys won the, um, was it the EMAC tournament championship? You guys make it to the USA national tournament for the first time since 2015, 2016, you know, going in 13. Talk about, you know, did you guys or, you know, what were your expectations going into year one as a head coach? Um, that's a great question. I, I, I thought we had the opportunity to win it all. I just really wasn't sure to be honest with you only because, um, 
the two two other schools in our in our conference, one being Clinton College out of South Carolina, they have a lot of talent, coach. I mean, they got they got guys that are coming off their bench that could really be starters for a lot of the other schools in our conference. And then the other one that's kind of a big rival for us, um, to be honest with you, I, I've never beaten yet, um, but is a school in Charlotte called Johnson and Wales. And so between those two, I knew that I was hoping that we could basically be in the, in the running of it, but I really wasn't sure if we were going to be able to have, uh, if we had what it takes to overcome both of those teams. Well, the story was unbelievable. I don't know if you know the details of this coach, but I, we end up um, going down in the regular season and we end up losing to Johnson and Wales at their place. And then we end up going to Clinton. And when we go to Clinton, we're losing the game, the entire game. And with like three point something seconds to go, my point guard ends up making a, a basically a, almost a um, – he ended up making a shot with I think there was only one point something seconds left on the clock, and it ended up making us go up one. So the only time we're leading the entire game is with one point something seconds left to go in the game. And their best – one of their best players gets the ball at half – they throw it in to him at half court, and he kind of ends up getting a clean look. And when he shot it, their, their ceiling is pretty low there at Clinton, and it ends up hitting the, some of the, um, the ceiling, and the game's over, and we win. And my guys were just ecstatic because we literally were just losing the entire game, and we just came back at the very end, and we beat Clinton on their court. Well, Coach, the following weekend, um, the, the very next weekend, now it's it, – we, Johnson Wales comes up to us on a Saturday, and we played our tails off. But they beat us again. They beat us again on our own floor on a Saturday. So they swept us for the season, for the regular season. And then um, Clinton, I knew Clinton was going to be a tough game because we beat them. And so, Coach, we ended up, um, Clinton ended up beating us on our senior night on a Sunday. Um, that was the following weekend. And so they, we ended up losing our last two home games going into the conference tournament. And we're basically um, – so I, to make a long story short, it was unbelievable. We ended up being faced against Mid-Atlantic Christian in the first round, and uh, Clinton has to play against Johnson and Wales. Well, I think, I'm think i thinking that Clinton is going to lose. Well, lo and behold, Clinton ends up upsetting Johnson and Wales on their own floor in our conference tournament. Um, this is the very weekend after our senior night. So we end up in the conference championship game. Now we're getting ready to play against Clinton and we, they had just beat us the week before. And, um, it was unbelievable coach. We took the lead from the beginning of the game and never looked back. We, we had the lead the entire game and the championship game. And when you look at like the, the, uh, statistics, we, it was, it was the best that my team had played as a whole for the entire season, like from the free throw line percentage to the three point line percentage, to turnovers, to just deflections, to rebounds. Um, it was the best that we had played the whole year was against that Clinton game. My guys were so locked in. They were so focused, especially because they came and beat us on our senior night. And my guys had something to prove. 
and we were able to beat them in the championship. And they were, they're a very talented team. Like, obviously, like I told you, we lost to Johnson of Wales um, for the last, um, for the last three years. We, we have never beaten them, those guys. And so for Clinton to upset them and then us play them in the championship, it was like an unbelievable story because it, like I said, they had just beaten us the week before on our senior night. That's crazy. I I had I think I might have heard that, but I had forgotten about it. But that's that's awesome. You know, kind of like the head coach where I'm at now. You know, you mentioned that you you teach during the day. You know, you're a full time teacher, and then yes, you know whether you know it's called a part time coaching position or not. You know, it, it's full time. How are it you is exactly yeah. those always make me laugh every time I see that. How are you able to give so much time and energy? also working you know at a school full-time and then on top of that being a, a husband and father yeah well I think that the last thing you just mentioned has everything to do with and I'm real thankful my wife Amy um when we first met she she understood that this is a unbelievable passion of mine and um it's not only a passion coach but it's actually in it's actually like my ministry. I, I'm a I'm a man of faith and I believe in God and I everything I've ever been and everywhere I've been, I feel like God has like always opened up the doors and closed the doors on where I've gone. And and I don't really look at it just as a full time coaching job. I I look at it as an opportunity and as a ministry opportunity is what I'm doing and just trying to be the best example I could be to these guys every day as a coach and as, you know, just being that somebody that can be there for them if they ever want to call me or talk about anything. And so my wife knows that about me. And, um, and so she has been unbelievably supportive, um, from, from day one. Um, she, she knows these last couple of years, it's been harder though. <laughs> I've only been married for four years and it was a little bit different. I think that when it was just us, and she would drive to every single game at Lafayette High School. Even on the road games, she would come. And she's just been so supportive. But now these last couple of years that I got two little kids, it makes it a lot harder for me. Because now I know I'm not just leaving my wife, but now I'm leaving my wife with two newborn kids to take care of. And it that's, that's a huge sacrifice that my wife has um, done an amazing job at taking care of our kids while I'm away. And the other way, coach, I really couldn't do it if I if I didn't have my assistant coaches. Um, if I didn't have my assistants that were there to help me, um, there's sometimes where they're there to help prepare the gym and and bring the balls out and lower the baskets and sweep the floor before I ever even pull up. Um, because our practices usually start at 4:30, and um, for me leaving my job in Williamsburg. I'm, I'm usually not able to even get to the gym until about right before four o'clock. And so I only have about a half an hour before we really get started. And so, but my assistants, we meet right away. As soon as I'm there, we talk about what we're going to do and they really help me execute everything. And they, they really help bring balance to what I'm, what I'm trying to do as a full-time health and PE teacher at a middle school during the daytime. And then on top of that, with trying to come here and, and be the head basketball coach here at the apprentice school. I love it. You know, Coach, we've come to the segment I call Start, Bench, Cut. I give you three things. You start one, bench one, and cut one. Okay. Nike, Adidas, Under Armour. Um, <laughs> that's a tough one. I, that, was, that was not tough. Uh, 
I'm going to say I, I've always been a Nike guy personally. So hopefully I don't get in trouble for saying this because at our school coach, we're not Nike. So I hopefully that's I'm not given the politically correct answer, but I've always been a Nike guy my whole life. So Nike would be what I would start. Um, and you, what was the other the other question? You said I have to do what now? Start one, bench one, and cut one. And cut one. I got you. So I probably would, I probably I would start Nike. I would bench Under Armour because I do think they're doing a really good job, especially Brandon for basketball. And yep. then I probably would cut Adidas. Is that what you said? Yep. Yep. Okay. Giannis, Anthony Davis, Joker. Oh man, that's tough. Um, Coach, I Giannis is so young. I have to start him. Um, I think I'm starting him. I'm benching AD, the the Laker uh, NBA champ, and then I'm gonna cut uh, Joker. Okay. Cookout, Chick Fil A, Bojangles. Uh, I'm a Chick Fil A guy. I'm I'm starting Chick Fil A. Um, and what were the other two you said? Bojangles and what? And cookout. And cookout. Yep. I'm probably gonna. Um, my time at Lewisburg, I fell in love with cookout down there in North Carolina. That they eat, sleep, and breathe cookout. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start Chick Fil A, bench cookout, and cut Bojangles. Okay, I love it. Uh, he got game, blue chips, white man can't jump. Whoo, that's a good one. Uh, he got game, blue chips. Um, I'm going to start. I think I'm going to start blue chips. I really love the whole story of blue chip. Blue chips kind of gives you like an inside story of how the whole like recruiting and college process and, I'm gonna start blue chips. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna bench. Um, he got game. I love that movie too. I love all three of them. And then I I can't believe I got a cut. White man can't jump. I love that movie too. Last one, coach. Hoop dirt. Coaching changes. Stan Van Gundy for Twitter follows. Um, and that's a tough one too. Um. Uh, I'm going to definitely have to start my man hoop with hoop dirt. I love hoop dirt. And then, uh, Coach, I don't know if you know this, but Stan Van Gundy, when he was only 25 years old or 26 years old, was the head coach of Castleton in Vermont. So I gotta, I'm, a, I'm a Stan fan. So I got I to gotta, I gotta bench him, and then I'm going to cut the, call it the other one you just said. Coaching changes? Yes, that's a good one too, though. <laughs> coach, if – if listeners want to get in touch with you, what's the best way? Social media, email, what have you? Yeah, if anybody ever wants anything, I'd be happy to reach out to you guys. I, the best way to reach me is honestly probably through um, my Twitter account, um, which is uh, the uh, – or you can also just email me. If my The best email for me is just coach, uh, T-A sparks at gmail.com. Um, and – that's probably the best way to get in touch with me, to be honest with you. Just email me. Um, it's just coachtasparks at gmail.com. 
but I'm on Instagram under Sparks for Christ, and you could see me. Um, uh, t- I think it's just uh, Tim underscore Sparks for under Twitter. I think that's it. Coach, so. who, who are three guests I should have on the podcast? Uh, that's a good question. The, uh, are you trying to stay with the college coaches? No, just, you know, I got a couple episodes dropping soon with high school coaches, but, you know, just people who would have a unique perspective or an interesting journey that, you know, other coaches of all ages could uh, learn insights from. Yes. Um, I would um, – I know that I know that the for some reason on my my mind the first person that's coming up coach is the um is the head coach of John Marshall High School in Richmond uh Ty White and I Okay yeah I don't I know that you, I don't know if you have his contact number but I could give you his cell phone number but he he's got an unbelievable story and he he started an AAU program that is just blossomed to unbelievable with team loaded AAU they have the thing team loaded in North Carolina and team loaded here in Virginia. And now they even have like team loaded seven five seven. And then they have team loaded four, three, four in Virginia. And it's um, he's coached. He's been a part of coaching a lot of guys in the last three to four years that have made it to the, uh, to the NBA. Okay. Who, who are two others? Um, I would say. um. I think another guy that you would really love talking to is Tyler Sanborn. Are you friends with him? He actually came and was recruiting and spoke to our team a couple weeks ago. We know each other, yeah. Really nice guy. I I think he's got a very bright future in the coaching business. He does, big time. Like, and you know, he was he was a national player of the year for Division three, and then he he also played overseas as soon as he graduated from Guilford. And I'm always trying to help him. Like when he calls me about guys in this area that. I know that don't academically are not going to be able to get into the apprentice school because it's really hard to get into the apprentice school. And, um, and uh, it's not easy to get into Ferrum where he is, but I, I'm all the time talking to him about different kids in the area in Richmond and Hampton roads that I think can help him. And so um, I think he's got a super bright future. Like you said, with, uh, I don't know if he'll be at Ferrum very long. I, I could really see him being um, a division one head coach one day. Yeah, I would not be surprised. Yeah. Would your third be uh, Dave Macedo? Uh, for sure. I haven't had him on. Uh, any, <laughs> you'll laugh at this. Anytime I would see a Virginia Wesleyan polo, especially when he's wearing it recruiting, I said, ah, oh, crap. <laughs> We've already lost. Lost, yes. <laughs> He's rolling in about four deep. Yes. And like, yeah, we've already lost before we even started. <laughs> yes. He's really good at me and what he does. It's just unbelievable, Coach. I can't even explain to you. Like, when when DJ Woodmore and any of the top guys would come on campus, he had our school president at the time. There's a different school president now, but um, Dr. Greer was the school president while I was there. And, he would ask the school president, hey, can I bring him on over to your office? 
And then the president said, uh, Coach Macedo, not only do I, is it okay for you to bring him over, but on my balcony, which is like on the second level of this building where the office is, he said, how about I, how about I cook him some, some hamburgers and, and some steak on the grill? And so, Coach, that, that was what Coach Macedo would do like with like our top five. If you were a top five recruit, you were being brought on campus, and um, you're not only getting a chance to sit and talk with the president, but the the, the Virginia Wesleyan president is is flipping burgers for you on his on his deck, and it and that that, that made a big impression to a lot of the parents and the kids. I, I think I might have to add that to my toolbox. <laughs> yes. So, and um, and they got they got new buildings that are being built on the campus there, and it's just. Uh, you ought to see if you, when you talk to him, coach, you got to talk to him about his office. Um, because when coach Macedo first got there, it was a really white wall office. Well, if you go in there now, you can't see any of the office, the office wall. Like anytime there's ever been an article in the local newspaper or in the school newspaper, um, he, he cuts it out and he laminates it and he puts it on the wall. And now when you go in his office, it looks like a museum. It's like a museum of all these, you see all these nets that he's cut down, all these, all these plaques. And he's not into the trophies and plaques. He's, that's one of my things I love about coach Rosito. He'll, he'll give he'll take the shirt off his back in a heartbeat for somebody. He's, he's got an unbelievable heart for people, but as far as like his office coach, it is so awesome. Like, I used to love bringing recruits in there and they kind of are in awe and just looking at like, man, look at the tradition of this school. Like it's one thing when they're in the gym and they see the banners and that speaks volumes. But when they come in his office and they see um, it's, it's really, he's got a real unique office. That's awesome. Coach. Yeah. Coach, I can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast. This is right before we interviewed and we we spoke and, and really the first time we've, uh, you know, talked on the phone. I know that, you know, we've interacted on social media and I've heard nothing but great things about you. I'm, I'm hoping fingers crossed that I have one or two guys, uh, from Davidson County community college that, uh, we can send you. I would love that. Yes, sir. That'd be fantastic, man. I would love that. Well, coach, uh, I know we'll talk soon and best of luck this year. Yes, sir. Hey coach, thank you very, very much for having me on here, man. It's really been an honor and I'm really grateful to be here and, and represent the apprentice school and um, and just I, I love basketball. I could talk basketball all day. So thank you very much for your time. And I really appreciate you having me on here. No problem. And good, good luck to you guys this year, too. Thank you. We'll need yes, it. Yes, sir. Thanks for listening to the Beyond the Box Score podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, leave reviews and rate five stars.